Welcome to Wake Up From Your Dream Job Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen McDonald. I took a 13-year tangent in my career, thinking that if I followed others' expectations of me and my job, I would be happy. Instead, I found joy and peace when I focused on the life I wanted and found a job that was an expression of my dreams, not a fulfillment of those dreams. Now it's your turn to dream bigger than just your job. I'll interview coaches, professionals, and people who have been where you are to give you tangible challenges to find fulfillment in and beyond your job. What is the pivotal moment that has caused you to wake up? Or have you even had that yet? For my guest today, it was when her son was born. She began to rethink her work as a teacher and has now reached a life where she is always excited to wake up. It still kind of befuddles me. I'm getting there. Um, but it is so much fun to see her joy as she talks about how does what, how is that possible for her? She shares her personal care practices to fuel that joy and how it impacts how she raises her kids. This is actually my second conversation with Melissa, but the first one was incredibly informal and we weren't recording. We got into maybe 15 minutes of a conversation and I'm like, shoot, I need to have you on my podcast and I should have been recording. So I am so glad she wanted to be on and now we can share all of her ideas with you. Melissa Gaskin is an integrative nutrition coach working with busy women to navigate their hidden illnesses and diagnosis by up-leveling their nutrition, managing stress, conquering emotional eating, finding joy, fostering fulfilling relationships, increasing movement, and more. In her customized approach, she works with clients one-on-one for six months at a time and in group coaching sessions twice a year with a 30-day sugar detox group. In the Sugar Detox, she directly supports and educates on sustainable actions to balance blood sugars and create a healthy relationship with sweets long term. She incorporates essential oils, whole food nutrition, breath work, grocery store tours, and home edits into her practice of creating a sustainable whole health approach to wellness that is bio-individual to each client. Well, Melissa, I am so excited to be talking to you on this podcast, um, and I love it because we already talked about some of these topics uh, a week or two ago, and then we realized we should have been recording. So now we are. I will get an opportunity to to go back over our topics that we we discussed. Absolutely. <laughs> um. So tell me a little bit about your journey um, with work. Yeah. So about you know well, backtrack to my college years. And I aspired to be a classroom teacher. I worked in the classroom, um, got my master's in administration and was really thinking that was my trajectory within education. And my son was born eight years ago, which really derailed that path, um, which is truly a blessing. Um, That is, that was the beginning of this journey with myself um, in the health and wellness industry. Um, I started with essential oils. It gradually grew into, you know, personal care, expanding that into what I do and who I am today. Um, So yeah, that's, that's kind of a basic about me. And I know we're going to dive in here. Oh yeah. So, yep. So what was it about your son being born that made you kind of reevaluate everything? Yeah. So I finally felt stress-free 
Um, which is interesting to think like postpartum, you're stress free, <laughs> right? Are listening are probably like what? So the classroom that I was in and just finished um, at that school when he was born was very toxic. I felt like there was a lot of negativity. And I didn't realize the impact that was having on me personally and my health. And so that really, you know, was a pivotal moment after I was removed from that situation. I realized, oh, wow, like reflecting back a few years, I had terrible migraines and I took a medication that my feet went numb. And, you know, I had this just bouts with illness and and just a variety of things that I likely wouldn't have had if I hadn't been in that high stress um, environment. Yeah. So how'd you switch then? How'd you get into taking care of yourself? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, when I, when I reflect back on what changed was, well, if I can't take care of myself, how can I take care of this tiny human? Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of, I mean, I, I had difficulty nursing. I had difficulty all sorts of things um, in those first few months. And I it kind of just dawned on me like, well, I have to sleep in order to provide and, and like care for this tiny human, right? Um, so yeah, I think that was it is I just had this realization of I needed to prioritize me. And I had been so busy working that I wasn't prioritizing my needs, my desires, my passions, my truth. Like it was my purpose, right? It was, it was all, you know, checking boxes of this is what I went to college for. So this is what I'm doing. Right. Um, and so it was a shift. Yeah. You said you were passionate about being a teacher though. Did that, had that changed? Um, you know, I really realized that it wasn't the actual being a teacher. Um, what I do now, I feel like I'm a teacher. I'm an educator. Mm-hmm. People move forward. And I I do love to do everything in a way that like moves people forward where they see progress and they're challenged and there's they're overcoming, you know, their their quarrels within their own mind. They're overcoming their decisions around nutrition and diet culture. They're they're really um, creating great routines that fuel them and support them and their specific needs. So I do a lot of the same thing I did in an early childhood classroom, right? But it's just more on a health and wellness um, focus today. Hmm. That's interesting because it was, it was, it was the same type of work, just in a different environment for you. Right. Absolutely. A different theme. Right. Had you always wanted to be a teacher? Um, mm, kind of, sort of, in the back of my mind. Um, I loved animals as like a little kid, so I initially thought I was going to be a veterinarian. Oh, um, but then dove into that and was like, mm, that to me was like stagnant, right? Like I wasn't moving anything forward, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> human piece, right? Yeah. Uh, helping people. And I think that ultimately is, you know, kind of what's led me to where I am now. Um, but yeah, like in, in college, it was like, well, I'm good at this and why not? So 
I shifted from a, a biomedical or what was I um, biochemistry major to education. Um, I just loved it. Like I thrived in that in that environment um, in college for sure. Yeah, a lot closer to that piece of moving something forward. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's what that's what I like to call the essence of it. So I have this idea that there are three tiers of things that we want and crave. There's the actual thing, there's the characteristics, and then there's the essence of it. And focusing on that essence for you was what helped you shift. Because both what you do now and as a teacher was moving things forward. Definitely. And so that was that that commonality piece, but just what it looks like in the specifics can be be different and find more fulfillment there. Definitely. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So how do you define a dream job then? So I think like to really create this as a definition, it would be living your truth. Hmm. Yeah. I think a dream job is living your truth, living your purpose and what fuels you and ignites you to get out of bed every morning. It's something that, you know, encourages you to take those daily steps and it, your feet aren't dragging. You're, you're not, you know, mentally thinking, I really don't want to do this right now. Um, it's just a way, it's a living your purpose for sure. So do you now always wake up fired mm-hmm. up, ready to go? Good question. I would say when my self-care is on track and I really am listening to myself and doing what I need to to fuel me. Um yes, I'm always excited to, you know, present here or, you know, speak at this opportunity, work with my clients, you know. Um I think I have learned also in this entrepreneurial world is delegation of things that do not fuel you is mm-hmm. vital. <laughs> Um, so you can live that purpose and live that truth. And there's going to be, especially in an entrepreneurial space, things that you don't like to do. And that is taking you and derailing you out of living that purpose. And so delegating is critical. I'm sorry, Melissa. I'm still stuck on this whole idea that you wake up excited every day because I I think we all need to know your secret. (laughs) And figure out how you do it. That's that's like an insane concept for so many people. Like, wait, you mean I can actually wake up excited for the day? Yeah. I think it's listening to my intuition, right? Like, I often ask myself when I'm at a networking event, like, is this fueling me? I ask myself when I have like, you know, contacts with other people. Is this fueling me? Is this like lighting a fire? Do I get encouraged and excited when I'm around these people? Um, That is so important in your community, right? Because if they're sucking your energy and, you know, your coworkers in in a corporate world, right? If they're sucking your energy, is that going to light you up to get you to show up the next day? Probably not. And I think that's important to listen to that intuition and use that as, you know, a guide to help you navigate. What is it? truly that would spark that fire every morning and help you get excited. So when it comes to paying attention to yourself to figure out what you like and what you don't, what was that journey like? 
Um, I can't say it was easy. Um, I think it was a lot of trial and error of, you know, different areas of my life. Community are these people that, you know, bring joy and I'm excited to be around. Is it, you know, my own relationship with myself, like the self-love, the self-care aspect of things? What is my, you know, morning routine, my sleep routine? Where am I numbing out? Where mm. I'm buffering, right? All of those things I think have contributed to being able to listen, you know, intuitively. Yeah. Yeah. And how has work shifted because of that? And I know you're in a completely different career path job now than being a teacher. Right. Yeah. Well, when I was in the classroom, I was introduced to essential oils. And so four months postpartum with my oldest, this is now eight years ago, I really dove into what these could do for our, you know, our family, our immediate family. And it just mm -hmm. kind of boomed into sharing with other people sharing these solutions with other moms, et cetera. And I didn't really see the power of, you know, that until years later where they would ask questions and I would respond with lifestyle factors as well as the oils. And that's kind of where, you know, I redirected um, into what I'm doing today. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So what you've had, you said it was eight years that you've been on this journey to at least where you are now. That's right. What's been the most important thing for you to be able to enjoy what you're doing over those eight years? Not to get complacent in just the, you know, the natural monotony that can become um, over time. I think that has really helped. So switching things up, offering new things, um, you know, mm. connecting with different people. And that's a constant journey of growth also, because I am definitely in a different headspace than I was eight years ago. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, I've matured. I, in motherhood, I've matured. In our world, I've matured. I don't chase those shiny objects that many do. I really listen to myself as to what my next steps could or should be. Um, yeah. And I think all of that has allowed me to not get in that complacent space to just continue to like take action to move forward, but surround myself with the right people that go alongside, you know, that action and align to, you know, who I am and yeah. how I. If you're not chasing shiny things, what are you chasing? So. Uh, that's a good that's a good <laughs> a good question there. Um I don't think I'm chasing anything. And I would say, you know, what I what I really mean by that is, you know, who when you're showing up authentically, you're attracted to other people that are in alignment that are challenging you in one way or another to take action in one space or to you know, collaborate or, or fulfill in some area or aspect of your life. And so 
I think that inner work creates that balance to be able to attract the right people. Yeah. Hmm. So practically, because I, I have a feeling that a lot of people, and I know, goodness, if I had met you two, three years ago, I would have been like, well, I'm glad that works for Melissa, but it won't work for me. <laughs> what tangibly have you done that the listeners can follow and go, okay, yeah, I can get on the same wavelength? Definitely. Personal care, taking time for myself. So for me, that looks like sound healing, vibrational energy is really effective. It's asking for help. It's taking a bath when I need one, taking time and prioritizing myself to get away. And for me, a lot of yoga and mindfulness, that is huge for me to be able to listen to myself and really reflect. And I think it requires discipline. I mean, a hundred percent, it requires discipline because it can't just be like self-care to me is not going and getting my hair and nails done. Like those are just things that I enjoy, right? But self-care to me is getting quiet in my space, thinking about who I am, where I'm going, mm. what I want to be, um, and how I want to mold and shape into that. And how do I want to make a bigger impact and help more people, you know, move forward. So that is, you know, I have to be the example of that growth and that journey. And I, I am that. I mean, and, and to my clients, it's like, I don't ask them to do something that I'm not ever going to do myself, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'll lead them through sugar detoxes. I will lead clients through elimination of, you know, various triggers in their nutrition. And that those are things that I do. Um, and that has helped me because when your body's inflamed or you're in high stress or, um, you know, your, 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 your high fight or flight, right. Your nervous system mm -hmm. is reactive. You're not going to be able to get to a space of intuition, a space of reflection. If you have the stress, the reactive lifestyle, all of that. And so it's really shifting to what are those basic everyday things? And I think that looks different for everyone. I mean, I gave some examples of what it looks like for me, but right. Different for everyone. Like even just getting out in nature, you know, walking barefoot in the grass, go sitting at a park by myself and just sitting, you know, um, doing things without expectation behind them. I mm. think an important thing uh, or an important piece to just being. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I want to hit on something that you said that just struck me. I don't think these were the actual words that you said, but I'm going to say them this way, hopefully for clarity in a, in a different frame of if you're trying, if the whole goal to be happy when you wake up in and excited and fulfilled is to focus on who you are, to live that person and to chase what you want, not what everybody else says you should be. You have to spend time with yourself. Well, no joke. Like it sounds obvious, but at the same time, how do, how often do we miss that? That you've got to take those moments to be quiet and build that relationship with yourself 
and more than or at least the same amount as you build relationships with other people that may or may not be in alignment or with society that may or may not be in alignment with who you are and what you want. That's a, I don't know. It just hit me. Absolutely. As you were saying that. Absolutely. And society says, go, 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 do more, be, get your next degree, do, 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 do. Right. And that just creates stress that creates a fight or flight nervous system that creates ultimately illness um, because you're creating this stress and this pressure on yourself to more, to do more and more and more and that you never are worthy or, or enough because you always have to be more. Right. And I think I've seen this in so many areas of my life from becoming a mom and the motherhood aspect of when your baby's born, everyone gives you a million, you know, tips and recommendations and works, this works, this works. And you're like, uh, this is too much information, right? So it adds stress. It adds anxiety. You know, I've seen it in when I started with essential oils. I saw it within that industry of, well, do this program, do this, do this, do this, right? But it's if it's not authentically something that you are meant to be doing, it's not going to work because mm-hmm. you're right. It has to be specific and authentic to you. So you have to tailor it in a way that works for you. Um, you know, and, and now in, in coaching and, you know, working with people with integrative nutrition, it, it's tailored to them. It helps. There's not a, you know, one size fits all it's moving people forward in their primary need, their primary focus, and, you know, shifting what their stress response is currently to more intuition, listening to yourself, what's fueling you, what's not fueling you that doesn't even belong on your plate, that is, you know, it's not what you're eating, it's what your lifestyle looks like. And that can contributes directly to your nutrition. So it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing how that is in every aspect of life, this high stress, like, you know, focus on, you know, even in like nutrition world, it's the diet culture. It's Mm -hmm. for me, this one works for me. You should try it. You should try it. Well, you know, 80% of diets don't work. And so, because you gain it all back at the end of the day and, Mm -hmm. and it's sustainable. So what, you know, one person says works for them probably isn't going to work for their friend. Yeah. And I think that's important to remember is when people put out that information, it's like there's this bioindividuality, right? Where everyone is unique and different. So it, it, different things are going to work for different people. But putting that information out and listening to that, you think, oh, I need to do that and check that mm-hmm. off. That just creates more stress yep. um, or stress on yourself. Yeah. And we see that it, in workplaces all the time of, well, this is the career path the company has laid out. And what do you mean you don't want to promote along this career path? And it takes that moment of recognition. I know I went through it because I made a career choice that everybody was like, that's like backwards. And I'm like, no, this is exactly what I want to do. Absolutely. But we get so, there's so many voices in the world on how things should work and recommendations and Oh my gosh, I could go on a whole tangent on what does it mean to be a coach and how do you not provide that advice and and help the client actually go where they want to go? Mm-hmm. 
rather than these universal recommendations that you're more unique than that. And you need to honor who you are. Absolutely. And that's where the critical piece is getting quiet with yourself and being able to hear your intuition and, you know, crowding out or or drowning out (laughs) those voices of who you should, could, would be. Yeah. You know, I know when I made a career change out of the education, um, it was, there were a lot of questions within my family and even extended family to this day. I'm asked, you know, are you ever going back in education or, you know, past people that I worked with, that question will come up. Hmm. And um, it's interesting, right? It's interesting that it is a question that it continues to come into my space. Um, and the answer is no. The answer is that that does not fuel me. It doesn't light me up. And when I really get quiet with my with myself and listen, that is not, you know, my purpose. That's not why I am here. Um, it's not. It's that's just not. Yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome that you're able to stand up to that in your family and say, "No, I know myself well enough, and this is not good for me. This is not beneficial. This is not fueling me." Definitely. And I don't think that's been normalized, right? I think a oh. lot of times people think that, oh, I'm in high school, go to college. This is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. So when you're stuck in this path, um, thinking like you're, you know, your brain's not developed until you're 25 and you have a whole lot of life to live after those years, you <laughs> have different relationships that you're going to make. You're, you know, if you're going to start a family, that's a, a you know critical piece there too of what that dynamic looks like with your family and you know what your you want your career to look like and how you want to balance that and that's different for everyone um and there's there's just so many components that contribute as you you know grow up into mm-hmm. you know your midlife that there are changes that are going to happen there are a lot of changes that are going to happen and really listening to yourself, it helps you make those change, changes more seamlessly without less pushback. And I think that's so important. I wish more, you know, adults in their teen and, and collegiate years understood that better mm-hmm. of being able to like truly listen to if that's the right career, if that's the right decision. Yeah. What are what are you doing with your kids, if anything, to help raise them that way? Yeah. Um, you know, we listen to them and identify the things that fuel them and don't fuel them. And if they don't want to, you know, join a soccer team or they don't want to do certain things, we do not force that up on them. And I think it's so important that we don't live by that expectation of what all the other parents are doing with their children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've actually talked about this a lot that, you know, there's this pressure from, you know, various people outside of our immediate, you know, family of four that, you know, they say, you know, get your kids socialized in this way, get your kids mm-hmm. you know, and do, do this activity and this activity and this activity. And both of us are like, no, we don't need all the things 
for them to grow up and to be amazing people. Let's hone in on one and not overschedule and overprogram because not only is that bad for their nervous system because they don't have time to, you know, reflect, time to just be, time to have like calm at the end of the day, right? They're going, going, going till they get home, they eat dinner, they crash, and then they do it all again the next day. And it's it's a it's not the best, in my opinion, it's not the best um, you know, cycle to create at a young age because then they just never get okay with being quiet with themselves. And there's always stimulated by something that whether it's an activity media or, you know, they're, they can't just sit still and create and listen to themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, my gosh, a whole other topic, whole other podcast you could dive into. With Definitely. That. And it, and it certainly relates because mm-hmm. anyone listening, I'm, I'm sure if you're feeling it yourself, you're thinking, okay, great. How do I keep my kids from running into this same problem that I'm having in the middle of my life going, I don't know what I'm supposed to do or where I'm supposed to go or how to listen to myself. And right. wouldn't it be nice if I can raise my kids to not have to worry about that, to make it a habit earlier on in life? Well, and kids are mirrors of ourselves, which I think is so important to remember. So any parents out there, what you're doing, what you're modeling, what you're saying, how you're responding is what they are going to do. And I think that's so important to remember as a parent that if you are slowing down your nervous system and you are you know, sitting and reading a book and you are not spending endless amounts of time scrolling social media, right? They notice that. They notice that you're present and that you're intentional and that you're Mm -hmm. with them. Whether or not they can express it or not, they notice it. Mm -hmm. And and that impacts their feeling of belonging. That impacts, you know, their connection to you as parent too. Yeah. So what can our listeners do? What is one tangible challenge you want to leave them with to start slowing down? Yeah. I would say to do that inner work, whatever that looks like to you, um, to be able to get into the space of intuition, to really be able to listen to your needs, your desires, but also your purpose ultimately. And so that you know what next steps you need to take, whether it's your career, whether it's in your personal life, whether whatever area, um, I think it, it connects to all the areas of life. Mm-hmm. And Melissa, you've been doing this eight years. For somebody right. who's brand new, what do you mean by inner work? Inner work. Slow down, get quiet, meditate, mindfulness, reflect, ground yourself, walk in nature, all of those self-care practices to really get comfortable with your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, and just who you are and why you're meant to be here. What's your purpose in life? What's your, you know, living your truest self? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spend time getting to know yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And I I might even challenge or add a nuance to that of, okay, we're, we mentioned it earlier of you're kind of getting to know who you are like a friend. What do you do with your friends? Why don't you do it on your own and see how that feels as well? Um, I know for me, I love spending time outside, just sitting, listening, 
um, to birds or whatever noises. I love sunsets. And I normally sit outside when allergies aren't kicking my butt like they are this year. So that's been a little difficult trying to find a <laughs> a new way to get grounded when outside seems like it's going to try and kill me. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yes, Melissa and I have already talked about oils that will help because I know y'all are thinking it like, hang on, Melissa said she's got a, yeah, we talked. Um, but those are some of the things. So figure out one thing, just one, because there's a lot. One thing that you can do to start slowing down and paying attention to yourself, what you want, what you feel, what you need, all of those things, just an opportunity to slow down. That's right. That's awesome. Well, Melissa, what's up with you? Where can people find you? What plug do you want to give? Yeah, so I primarily work with women who have, you know, underlying diseases, diagnoses, or this inkling that they might have something going on to help them feel more empowered and create sustainable lifestyle changes with nutrition. And so I offer with clients um, grocery store tours where we actually go in and look at various ingredients, various, you know, products within a grocery store as well as home edits where I dive into your fridge, your pantry, and all the things that you are consuming to identify, you know, what's serving you and what's not, even with your toxic load in your home. So that is what I offer. And then I also do sugar detox groups, which we're actually halfway mm-hmm. group right now. And we'll be, I'll be doing another one in January of 2024. So yeah, lots awesome. of good so with your grocery tours and home edits of going through the pantry and everything, do you only work with people in person or can you work virtually? I can do both. I okay. do I do virtual clients and I do in-person um, opportunities, but all of my, you know, direct clients, my, my one-to-one clients, those are all online. So that's the beauty of my business is right. all that virtually. So it does not matter where you are. Uh, Melissa's info will be in the description here um, and in the newsletter if you've signed up. So you'll be able to get following her and get signed up or at least say you're interested for that sugar detox coming in January. So any last words on work, on dream jobs, dream lives? What do you want to say, Melissa? Um, I know I put you on the spot there. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> this is the most powerful moment. I'm just kidding. I would say whatever you choose to do to work on yourself and getting quiet with yourself, commit and be consistent. Hmm. Commit and be consistent. And y'all, that's that's why I offer that you can reach out, email me and say, hey, this is what I'm working on. This is where I want support. Um, That's what the Facebook group is for. With all of these challenges that we have, It, I want this to be more than just you listen and you try to do it on your own. We come together, be a community, help each other, hold each other accountable to these challenges so that we can continue to grow and develop and attain that dream life that we're looking for. So... Well, thank you so much, Melissa. It has been great um, and super excited to hear what y'all are going to do for your self-inner work this week. Thank you, Kristen. 
my gosh. I just love talking to Melissa. So much fun, so much knowledge, so much desire to help other people understand themselves better. I loved her quote that a dream job is living your truth. How well do you know your truth? I think this is one reason why it's so difficult to figure out and to find your dream job. We aren't regularly encouraged to slow down and pay attention to our bodies, emotions, and thoughts to be able to even find that truth to know what your dream job might actually be. And so that's the challenge for today. I recognize it may feel a little awkward if you aren't used to doing it, but I challenge you, and Melissa challenged us, to do some inner work today. Slow down, reflect, be in nature, get quiet, meditate, be mindful, do a grounding exercise. Start to get comfortable with your thoughts, feelings, and emotions. When you do this type of work on a regular basis, it will help you listen to your desires and find that renewal that's going to fill you. To learn more about Melissa and the great work she's doing, you can go to her website at melissagaskin.com or check her out on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And all those links are in the description. For the latest info on this podcast, challenge accountability, and more, Don't forget to sign up for the podcast newsletter at wakeupfromyourdreamjob.com. Also on the website, you can sign up for a 30-minute exploration call with me. I would love to hear your thoughts, questions, and how this challenge is going for you this week. Whether it's uncomfortable, whether you tried something new for your inner work, I'd love to hear about it. You can email me at dreamjob at kristenmcdonald.com. And of course, please subscribe to the podcast and rate it. Wake up and dream.